800 million people by 2030 are going to have their jobs disrupted, displaced, or mm. gone because of AI and machine learning. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another incredible episode of For the Love of Money. I cannot wait for you to listen to this face-off interview, so to speak. Remember, I've been sitting down with a few different entrepreneurs who I love and I know, and we've just been like hitting each other with questions to see what comes up. Well, that is exactly what I do today with my dear friend, Susan Sly. Now, Susan Sly is the co-founder of Radius AI, the tech company that is literally setting the bar for artificial intelligence. Matter of fact, they were just named a top seven tech company in Phoenix. They're literally the future of AI. Now, what's really cool is she's already been featured on CNN, NBC, Forbes. She is everywhere, not just for this tech company, but because she's become a multimillionaire having made her money across several verticals. So she's very diverse in her business experience. Matter of fact, she's an all-around incredible human. The way she lives life is an inspiration to everybody. But she's also one of the smartest people I know, hands down, in business. And so that's why I'm so excited to get her on the show and have this conversation with her because it's going to translate into you becoming a smarter business person as well. So not only is she the co-founder of this Radius tech company, but we're going to dive in and talk about what does the future of artificial intelligence mean for us? What does it mean for opportunities when it comes to making money? What does it mean for jobs? What jobs are going to be going away? What job opportunities are going to become you know, existent that don't exist today? Guys, this is really important to you because if you're building a business right now, you need to know that you're building a business that fits into the way things are going to be tomorrow, not just today. And I think that the way we talk about this, it's going to make your brain spin and you're going to really be able to realize, are you on the right track or are you on the wrong track based on what business you're in? We're also going to talk about AI's effect on giving and philanthropy. We even get into, are we going to end up dating robots that seem like humans because of artificial intelligence? It's hilarious. So you're going to love this episode and you're going to leave this episode smarter and a better business person than before you listened. And so listen up, get ready, take some notes because this episode is incredible. Susan, it is awesome being on a podcast with you. I love this concept that we planned to kind of do like this face off back and forth and see where it goes. I feel like that's the most organic way to to get the good stuff to come up. So I'm pumped. All right. Well, okay. Since you're the you're the guest, you go first. Fire away. All right. So here's what's really cool is I always love to start my shows with some rapid fire. So let's kind of start with some some real quick hits. And, and my first question for you would be this. What is the one book that everyone must read? Oh my gosh. That's like a that's a tough question because I'm an obsessive reader. Maybe a little ADD reader. Like I read about 8 to 10 books a month. The one book so I 
every day I read the Bible, mm-hmm. a Jim Rohn, I was doing a speaking event with him in Dallas and it was the last time he was speaking live ever. And this was, oh gosh, this had to be like 2006 or seven. And Jim would always say, only 10% of you are going to do what I tell you, but only 10% of you are going to become millionaires. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be one of those people. So to borrow from Mr. Rohn, because I, I, I read all of those books. So his books were Think and Grow Rich, Reading the New Testament Every Single Day, and oh gosh, The Power of Positive Thinking. Oh, so those like, are the... Obviously, are the, obviously the Bible aside, like such classics. You know what I mean? That's amazing. And, and the Bible's a must too. I love it. All right, hit me with one. You are an investor, mm-hmm. and I know that you have a lot of friends who have, you know, successfully built, you know, serious companies. So, what would be the top three things you would look for in a company if you were going to invest in it? Oh, I love this question. Um, okay, number one, I'm always betting on the CEO themselves. Like, mm-hmm. do they come from amazing pedigree? Are they going to be the ones to run through a wall? Do they have that never quit mode in them? And do they have some kind of really unfair advantage? That one's always really important to me. So that's number mm-hmm. one. Number two is the product disruptive. You know, is it mm-hmm. going to create a lot of buzz? Is it um, going to you know just like put itself on the map and, and, and combined with this really powerful CEO? You know, is that the perfect one-two punch? Is it disruptive and, and, and different? Number three, and I think this is really important, is what is their path to an exit, and mm-hmm. what is their proof of sustainability during that path? You know, I, I feel like, of course, you have to start with the end in mind, but you also have to make sure that they're going to be well capitalized and that they've got everything they need until the exit comes. Because you and I both know how hard it is to actually have an exit and how few companies actually successfully do it. But those are the top three for me. What about you? I love those. Yeah, the, the exit is huge because so many people don't think about it. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would say for me, like from the tech side, I'm betting on the tech team because... If I'm going to invest or even with building Radius, we have one of the top five data scientists in the world, Abe Hoffman. He was Forbes 30 under 30, and he is like, he's a badass data scientist. That's all I can say. So, in a, in a tech company, or I would say any kind of pro- product company, if you have a nutritional company, there's a science team, are they going to innovate the product? Because the speed of innovation is happening like this. And so you could have an amazing product, but you better know, just like Steve Jobs had a vault of what Apple would be. I think they're just finishing out all of his product iterations now. But he knew about the iPod back before, you know, 10 years before it was in a, a product roadmap. So I'm betting on that tech team. I'm betting on the science team. I don't want to just know, oh, they've got this great product they're going to launch now. I want to know, what are you launching in a year? What are you launching in 18 months? What are you launching in two years? That would be one big thing. Uh, number two, do they have a clue about accounting? So if they don't understand what SWOT testing means, that's a big red flag. What's your cash flow statement? Um, you know, it, In terms of being capitalized, that's great. Are, did any of the people take no or low salaries in order to get this thing off the ground? Are the people who are themselves running the company, are they invested? Because if they're not, that would be a big red flag for me. And the, you know, the exit strategy, like right there in alignment with you, like the exit strategy, are they gonna go public? Are they gonna get acquired? What is that plan? And I think that, you know, that 
those would be my three for sure. I love it. What's one of your superpowers? One of my superpowers, I think a lot of people would say is I'm ridiculously organized. <laughs> but I'm obsessive me. about it. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> like awesome. I plan my day in advance. I um, you know, I like I never start the day before I've ended the day, like mentally written down. I the the earliest available time I can, I purchase the day planner for the next year. And I yes, I use like an Outlookal and you know all the other good stuff, but I I like it all written down. I like it highlighted. I like it super organized. And um, that would be mine. What would you say yours is? You know, that's a tough one. I'd say two of them. Uh, one of them is I can tell you who's going to be successful and who's not and with a ninety nine point nine percent degree of accuracy, right? So I've always been able to pick the right people to surround myself with. And that's totally been a superpower. Like I haven't gotten us anywhere. It's been the people I've been able to, to identify and choose and surround ourselves with that, that have mm-hmm. helped us be successful in any way. That's number one. But a, a close second has got to be my consistency. I am just head down, consistent. You're not going to sway me off the path. Um, I'm just going to keep chipping away. Uh, trying to improve every single rep. I am consistent, 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 consistent. And I don't get real high on the highs and, and real low on the lows. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And it goes back to betting on the CEO, mm. right? Are, is that person going to take a bullet for the company? Are they going to run through a wall for the company? And that consistency is huge. We're going to go in a time machine uh, because... I know we've done our questions, but I love what you just said. Who's going to be successful and who's not? So we're going to go back to the recession. And you like Mm gut-wrenchingly had to go in and lay people off. But conversely, there are the people who didn't get laid off. Mm -hmm. So I think that you know anyone who's listening, this would be definitively a time when you would have learned some incredible skills because looking at the people who got laid off some of them I'm sure had you know Ivy League educations and some of them you know had amazing re- resumes but they maybe didn't have the EQ so what are those things that those characteristics that in your mind give you the tells that someone is going to be successful for me, um, it's an energy, as generic as that sounds. Like right away, the first moment you're in a room with them, you can tell if they've got that success of uh, they know what they're doing and they know where they're going to go and, and they've got that confidence, they've got that swagger. It's very much an energy that it almost introduces them before they introduce themselves. You know, the, the mm-hmm. kind of people across the room I'm talking about. That's number one. Number two, it really comes down to how emotionally stable they are. You know, are they letting the things that happen at home? Are they dragging it into work? Are they, are they wearing it on their sleeve? Are they using it for attention? Or can you almost not even tell whether they're you know happy or sad or you know married or not or what's going on at home because they're able to just set it aside. And when you're at work, you're at work and work is the mission. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. those are two really important things. What about you? Yeah. Well, I would say I've met a lot of really educated PhDs Super, super smart, but lack the EQ. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I would say in business, someone who's going to be successful is very mission driven. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to know all the little details, but they have to know why they're there, 
why they're, you know, why they're even having the conversation, why they're jumping on an airplane. There's a statistic that the average entrepreneur works somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 hours a week. So someone who's listening to the show who's late an employee, but they're like, I just want to be an entrepreneur so I can have more time freedom. No, that's not going to be the case. If you're a legitimate entrepreneur, you're going to work longer hours. And I would say that leads me to the second point. Is that person willing to do what it takes? Mm-hmm. Because there are going to be 16-hour days. There are going to be... you know, Just last weekend, give you an example. So depending when someone's listening to the show, I walk into my hotel room and I get a phone call. Hey, Susan, this major VC wants to talk to you guys. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, they want a customized presentation by Monday. So on top of it, I'm at a 10,000 person event. I've got several meetings, several functions. And on, I've also pr- got to prepare a second present- presentation for this pitch we're doing for a multi-million dollar project. So the question I would have for anyone listening is, how would you handle that situation? So to Chris, your point, being emotionally stable, yeah, there's other stuff and my phone is blowing up. And so and so it's like, hey, can you meet me here? Can you meet me there? Are they able to prioritize? Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Because if the priority is, yeah, I'm going to go out and party and have the drinks and then I'll get to the pitch deck later, you're not going to be successful. No, not a chance. Not at all. So I want to ask you about artificial intelligence. Because what mm-hmm. a lot of people know that you're an incredible tech entrepreneur. And congratulations, by the way. You just got... Were you number 7 in Phoenix's top rising tech companies? Is that what it was? Yep. Congrats. We that's like so, yeah. that's so badass. I love that. So <laughs> half the people know you as a great tech entrepreneur. But the other half, they're surprised. Like They don't know that side of you because you've been so successful in other businesses that sometimes you get pigeonholed. So tell us about what is AI? What is, where are we at with it right now? And why should people like me, who is so not tech savvy and just your everyday average person, why would I care about AI right now? Oh, that's a great question. And and just like it's interesting because if people look at your career and they don't know the aspect of working in banking and what that was like for you at the the level you had as an executive, the there are things that happen in our careers that are always with us and they shape who we are. And so, for example, when you came out with your show, I was like, of course, that's his show. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't that be his show? He was in banking. So when people look at me to one of your points about tech, one thing they might not know is back in um, 1992-93, when I was in university, I was actually coding algorithms. And we were taking crime scenes, so photographs back in those days, not videos. And we were quantifying them and turning them into a sequence of numbers. So how... This is really gory, but how much blood? If it was just covered in blood, it was a 10. If it was no blood, it was a zero. You know How how messed up was the room? So on and so forth. And so then we were doing the same things with people who had been charged with a crime. And so using these algorithms, we were able to take... If, if a woman was raped, we were able to take it from maybe you know, a large number of suspects down to a very manageable number of suspects accurately, which was more easy for... It was easier for the police to deal with. So I come from a background where I think in those terms. So it, it doesn't matter what kind of business I'm looking at. I'm looking at it from a mathematical point of view. I'm looking at it from a quantitative point of view. And so when a couple of years ago, I was 
thinking about starting my own tech company and building my own custom piece of software. And it essentially would be helping salespeople. So whether people were in the retail sector, whether they were in um, you know, real estate, whatever, with nudging technology. So that oftentimes, people don't know what to say. It's not that they're not coming into contact with people, but how do you close a deal? So what if there was some form of artificial intelligence that would say, Hey, Chris, say this. And we would integrate in a smartwatch. And so we'd watch your blood pressure. We'd look at your, your heart rate if you're getting really nervous. And it would just say, Take a breath, buddy, blah, blah, blah. And it would tell you what to do. So I walk out of... Or go ahead. I was just going to say, I really want... So like, if I'm a suit salesman and someone walks into my suit department, I'm going to be able to somehow identify that person's interests or hot buttons using your software and they're going to give me the answers to the test as to how to bring up conversation. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like the ultimate advantage. It's like making yeah. up for the EQ that people don't have. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I was in the process of building. And um, I serendipitously met this person who had started this AI company and, and we ended up you know, chatting, connecting and they brought me in to do a project and... That's how it all started. So fast forward time, here I am as as the co-CEO of the company. And I just finished a program at MIT and AI and machine learning. And, and every day on a daily basis, I'm in this AI world. Sam's Club came out and they said they're going to do frictionless stores. So it, AI is here. Mm-hmm. And there are different types of AI. But from the, the sector of whether it's an Amazon Go store or what Sam's Club is doing, where essentially you can go in... Let Sam's Club essentially know you're there. They already know you're there. And then you can go and you can put stuff in your cart and you can literally walk out of the store. You don't have to manually check things out. Now, there are some problems with that. That's, that's a form of artificial intelligence. The, uh, the AI people most commonly use are things like Facebook, Instagram. Those companies know a lot about you. YouTube mm-hmm. knows a ton about you. They know Chris and Lori have a dog. Mm-hmm. They know how old you are. They know who your friends are. They know a scary amount of things about you. And there, there's no human that can physically sort through that much information. So they put, they build their algorithms. All of our photos, all of our videos are constantly going through their, uh, their algorithms and they know a ton of stuff about us. Just and things like we wouldn't know, right? Like, are we smiling in our photos? Are we not like, like, is it that granular? Oh yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, keep going. Yeah. So with that's a whole other conversation like it's called sentiment analysis and that's that's still not there. So where we're at with AI is let's start with self-driving cars, autonomous vehicles. So there's a benefit to that in that let's say my dad is 80 and there's going to be a point where my dad shouldn't be driving, but I don't want him to feel emasculated. So what if he could get in a car and he's driving, but if he goes to make any mistake, that the car just takes over? We're starting to see that technology now, Mm. right? That's all artificial intelligence. There is a piece of tech that essentially goes through the ocean. It's a military piece of tech that's all artificial intelligence that, you know, is there to look for, you know, foreign invaders underwater, that kind of thing. So we have different uses for AI right now. And where people get scared, it comes from the movies. So the super AI, (laughs) right? Like, is AI going to kill humans? So we're a long way away from this super AI that looks like a human, talks like a human, interacts like... um, What was the movie with... uh, Oh, Harrison Ford initially. 
And then um, Ryan Gosling just did the reboot of it. Oh gosh, what was that? Yeah, it, it escapes me. I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna think of it. And anyway, so where that you can't tell who's a robot and who's a human mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We're we're way away from that, but it doesn't mean it's not gonna happen. Let's talk about where we're at right now. Why people need to be involved in the conversation. So. There's AI being used by companies like Microsoft that's actually helping crops become more efficient. That's fantastic. Yes, I'm a big yes to that. There's a lot of AI in the retail space where my company is very disruptive is we can do things that essentially help humans become better. So thinking about that nudging technology. So what if we could you know, know that it's you without compromising your personal data, help the human you're interacting with be better to interact with you. As a result, you're going to spend more money. You're going to feel a lot better. We're going to save jobs. like that, that kind of stuff that we do. The AI that is currently getting used by um, well, China, as an example, with the social credit score, that's something people need to be aware of. Is that happening? Like, like this, this idea of people rating you and... and it- Dictates what kind of human being you are. Is that already happening? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother subject. Yeah. Even when you go through, you know, when you when you go through security right now, there, you know, cameras are tracking you and so on and so forth. They're looking at your heat signature. Are you running a fever? Your eye movements, all of this stuff. So it's not. My friend said the other day, I don't like AI. And I'm like, yeah, but you're on social media. So give me a break. You lie to me about something else. If you don't like AI, you're not on social media. You don't watch any YouTube videos. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's there. Even Netflix serves you offers based on machine learning. Like, okay, Chris watched this, this, and this. So he's probably going to like that. That's all. That's like the most basic example of it. Mm -hmm. And what you're talking about is that on, you know, a thousand times over steroids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony Robbins is saying, you know, invest in AI companies. AI definitely is very sexy. An AI company has a value on exit to your point of exit, like 10, 15 to 1. So, wow. Ring, here's an example. A lot of people have a Ring doorbell. So, Ring is very simple AI. It's like, who's at your door? You're getting a ping on your phone. So, Ring was doing $100 million a year and Amazon acquired it for $1.2 billion. Wow. 12 times. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from a even if you're not super techie, Chris, you look at it as a smart investor and going back to your KPIs, AI is disruptive and it's knowing, you know, what is the use for that? Is it gonna save jobs? Is it gonna take away jobs? There are even in San Francisco, people are rebelling against the AI because they, you know, people losing jobs. And the McKinsey study said that 800 million people by 2030 are going to have their jobs disrupted, displaced, or mm. gone because of AI and machine learning. And so it, you can't hide your head under, you know, it, it's here. Let's talk and about it, some of the repercussions. Like, okay, question number one is Elon Musk has said the same thing that you just mentioned, where like it or not, it's coming, it's going to take these jobs and has almost become an advocate for, and he says, I don't like it. But I don't see any other way for this minimum standard living wage or whatever that people are, political candidates are starting to to run on. You know what I'm talking about? Saying there's not going to be jobs there. So we owe like this allowance to people. Is that really like where this is going to go with AI? Well, when I was studying at MIT, it was interesting. We were having this dialogue and, and part of it is let's take a look at jobs that exist now that didn't exist 15 years ago. So 
professional YouTuber, social media influencer. Mm-hmm. You and I are social media influencers to a certain extent. Yeah. And as a it kid, actually, it didn't exist. Like I didn't grow up saying, Oh, I'd love to be an influencer. Yeah. Like two of my kids want to be professional YouTubers. Okay. So those things didn't exist. Now let's go back even further 50 years ago. Data scientist was, you know, that what did that job look like? So there are going to be jobs that are created because of AI. There are going to be jobs that are displaced because of AI. Some jobs, it's a long, long way before they can be totally replaced. But let me tell you the scary stuff. The jobs, people are like, oh, truck drivers. Okay. I could go through so many scenarios of ethics around autonomous driving. We are not there yet. Because ultimately, let me just do it quickly. So let's say there's a vehicle and it's driving itself. And this other car comes in front of it and it's got a mom and a dad and two kids. And then a dog runs out in front of the car coming the other way. And the car has to decide, do I kill a dog and all the people in my car? Or do I kill the, the other car and save my people and the dog? Yep. We're not there yet. You sent me that test, by the way, once. And I, it was torture answering those questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the MIT test, yep. right? Like, yep. And so from an ethical standpoint, there are going to be more jobs created. But let me tell you some jobs that are potentially on the chopping block. So in California right now, there's a, there are some preschools that are overcrowded. So they're encouraging parents to send their kids to preschool from home. Wow. As a mother of five, I can think of no worse thing. Yeah. Like your kid isn't getting socialized. Mm. Like, no. And so, but guess what? You and I both have learn on demand courses. Mm-hmm. So now that creates a job. So for every job lost, there's one created. And the people that kind of get hurt are only the ones who can't transition. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you and I have a mutual friend. He has a company that they have like interactive video. Mm-hmm. And there we're in talks with them to potentially do some AI with them. Because imagine that if a child for whatever reason, you know, needs to do virtual preschool or they have Asperger's or autism or whatever, they could interact with the teacher. But a teacher who's not willing to adapt, that's a problem. Accountants are another one. There's not a lot that accountants do that couldn't be replaced with AI. And so you look at people where I see critical people in our generation who potentially have debt and student loans, who aren't adapting, who weren't born with an iPad in their hand, but didn't adapt. And you and I both know people like that. They could be in big trouble mm-hmm. if they aren't. And and I would just say to everyone, this is this is a conversation everyone needs to be aware of, and because it's here. And in twenty five years, it's going to be part of our daily lives, every single aspect of it. Well, okay. So here's a second question that you always hear around AI. Um, and I just saw a documentary. I forget what it's called, but it said in the last election, one of the firms that worked with the the candidates had five thousand data points on each human being in the US and they were able to use those 5,000 data points in order to really speak to us in a way that was going to cause us to vote one way or another or think one way or another. So Mm -hmm. what about when AI starts to determine elections or starts to... We think we have free will. Boy, this is a rabbit hole. We We think we're operating (laughs) with free will, but really we're not because we've been so... Like, what's the word? Led down this path by AI without realizing it. So what about those scenarios? I would just say it's happening. Like yeah. it, it, like you can't stop it. Like you're used to it. If you can't <laughs> beat them, my, join them. Yeah, one of the um, 
One of the people on the Radius Advisory Board is Jason Pfeffer. Jason was a co-founder of MySpace. Then he started a company um, called SodaHead. SodaHead delivered a trillion online ads successfully. It's it's already there. You know, you and Lori use use Facebook and Instagram advertising. Mm-hmm. So you're using AI, you're you're using data points on humans to make a decision about targeted ads. We're already doing it. Yeah. There is a um a woman, I believe she was at Stanford, and all she did was use Google Earth and the kind of cars people had in their driveways. And it was amazing how much she knew about them just by those two points. Oh, wow. So geolocating yeah. and the type of car. Now imagine 5,000 data points. Mm-hmm. Wow, you can literally predict people's move like within a, a tiny degree of accuracy. Yep. Yeah, and it's... It reminds it's, me of that... Was it called Minority Port with Tom Cruise like 20 years mm-hmm. ago where they're starting to predict right before you committed a crime and like was yep. it ethical or not? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. wild, they're, Susan. They're, so we were doing this in 1991 and 92. So we knew... In with serial killers and serial sex offenders, there were there were only a handful of universities globally that was that were really studying them. And my job as a research assistant was to pull the data points on serial killers. So uh, talk about depressing, right? But I would read the case studies, and so we knew stats like uh, you know I, I this is going to be approximation like eighty six percent of serial killers are charged with a minor misdemeanor somewhere before they're ever caught. There's like an endangerment to animals. There are all these data points that are predictive, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were able to look at those and create math around that stuff and, and predictive models. And it's the same thing that's true. So in AI, we're looking at intent. So like, let's say you and I are at an event and we're doing like... a we Humans can do this like if they know what they're doing. So let's say you're doing a book signing line. Mm-hmm. You know when someone comes up to you if they're going to start telling you their life story. Oh yeah, I can sense it. Mm-hmm. And the reason you can sense it is because you've done it so much, you can tell where they're putting their eyes, their body language, all of it. That's a form of AI. Yes. And if you can put that into a mathematical model, you can do predictive analysis on just about anything. So where are people going? Why are they going there? Using you know AI for, for good. So mm-hmm. let me give another example. So let's say Avery, my daughter, is walking and there's someone coming up behind her and they're trying to avoid cameras and pushing down like a ball hat or something. We could do a nudge to a the security company and say, hey, just make sure you check it out. And maybe it's her boyfriend just being funny. Yeah. But there's stuff like that that AI is going to be used for good. And it is being used for good. But to Elon's point, there actually is... The EU prepared a, a report. It's very long on AI and ethics. And there's a, there's a big debate on it because it's much like the EU did the GDPR. Mm-hmm. One of the projects we're bidding on is in the EU. And there's a, there's a massive amount in the EU of discussion around ethics. It's not yet happening here wow. in America. This is so mm-hmm. wild. It feels like space stuff, but it's here right now. So let's come back to today. What will we see as an end user? The first couple of things that your company, Radius, will do, will put out there that we're experiencing. Really fun stuff. So, like in in our initial vertical, where we're really in the gas station convenience store, 
space. Um, there are 166,000 gas station convenience stores in America. And right now, just some fun stats, millennial women do use convenience stores as their primary mode of grocery shopping two to three times a week. Wow. So we're, we're piloting at a station that has an organic juice bar. Like it's really cool. Like all these mountain bikers go there and stuff. It's like a whole different kind of model Mm -hmm. and super healthy, like, you know, assay bowls, like that kind of stuff. So imagine going to the pump and you're not offered a car wash because your car is clean. That drives me nuts, by the way. Yeah, me too. And I don't drink monster energy drinks and I don't smoke cigarettes and, you know, wasted advertisements on you and I. But what if, you know, it was seven in the morning and you're wearing workout clothes and it's 110 degrees out and you get, before you swipe a credit card or anything, you're flashed an offer for a bottle of water, like come in, buy two, get one free. And it's this beautiful kind of like, you know, engaging video of like ice cold bottle Ah, of water. Take it a step further. Would you like a bottle of water? Yes. How many? Two. And someone runs it out to you and it's like part of your pump bill. That'd be awesome. Yep. That's that's exactly what we're doing. That's incredible. So, so it's reading me as I walk up to the pump. And of course, some people are like, what about my privacy? And I'll let you address that. But it's predicting what I need in that moment and therefore advertising it to me. Yes. And so, cool. so let's say, let's take it a step further. So let's say, I'll use another example. So let's say we were in partnership with BMW. Mm-hmm. And let's say you're driving a BMW, it's five years old. And we could do a channel offer and flash you an offer, say, hey, come in to test drive this new BMW. And um, just for coming into a test drive, you can get a $500 off coupon that you can use anytime in the next 5 years. You press a button at the BMW dealership. They're going to see your face and an ID number, but they're not going to know your name. And that would stay on their um, iPad or whatever they're using for 30 days until you claim it. Wow. So that's the kind of stuff we do. Now, another example, let's say um, we're working with a brand. Um, 68% of beer sales uh, in the United States happen at convenience stores. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say we're working with a an alcohol brand. And let's say the avatar... I'll just make this up. So let's say Anheuser-Busch came out with a beer that was targeted at women who are keto. Mm-hmm. And I go to the the gas pump and I'm wearing Lululemon and it's five o'clock on a Friday night and it would flash an offer because I'm wearing... We read your clothing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We don't even have to see your face. It's quite amazing what we can do. So it would flash me that offer because of time of day, the temperature, what I'm wearing, the mood I'm in. It's incredible. It's incredible, right? So what we can do for businesses and for brands... So let's say only 30% of people come in a convenience store. If we can up that to even 35%, what that translates to them yeah. for... you know, Huge increase inc- in revenue. Mm-hmm. And for those... For brands that want to advertise on our screens and have their product and have the targeted advertising, it's incredible. So... Malls, yeah. department stores, you name it. Like it's going to be pulling you into stores that you didn't know you wanted to go into, but you wanted to. Yeah. Another example. So let's say Lori and I are shopping and we're, you know, Lori and I like Chanel handbags. So let's say we're in Beverly Hills, but we're not intending to go into Chanel, but the Chanel cameras pick us up outside the store. And so they might they might flash an offer that goes something like this, come and see the latest handbag and get a free glass of champagne. 
they would have given us the champagne anyway. had we gone in the store anyway, but it's customized because we're potential Chanel customers. So it's we're our vision is actually to increase and maintain jobs and i'm so excited about it like you know to be able to to help those store people have more foot traffic come in right it's it's huge or another example let's say you and and some of the guys you know let's say you're out you know somewhere in in LA and it picks you up on the camera let's say it knows that you really like really good red wine so it's not going to flash you, hey, come in and have a, a Miller Lite. It's yeah. going to say, hey, um, come in and you know get a bottle of Bell Glass, and uh, we'll give you twenty five percent off the Bell Glass, you know, with your entree or whatever, because it knows you. It's amazing. Okay, this question just came to me. You and I, one of the many uh, seven figure verticals that we have for each of us comes from the network marketing world. Yeah. How will AI have any impact on network marketing, do you think? Oh, there's so much we could do with that. And like, good or it's bad. It's ridiculous. So I want you to imagine, let's say the company was in the health space. And let's say we did an AI integration with something like Lifetime Fitness or something. We don't, but let's say we did. What we could do is if someone comes in and they seem like an ideal candidate for that particular product line, they could literally accept an offer with a touch, get a free sample shipped to them. Like, Amazing. And start the conversation for somebody. Yeah. Start the conversation for someone. Like, it's the difference between a company doing what they're doing and 5Xing in a year. Because it's taking away the friction from the purchase. And it doesn't just have to be at a lifetime. It could be someone at a gas station convenience store who... Like I have a friend who owns a network marketing company in the health space. Well, I have a few friends who own network marketing companies in the health space. But let's say they did a channel deal. And let's say we were in with a major gas station convenience store. Anyone coming up who's looking like they would be a good candidate for that product... Yeah. Press a button. Get a sample sent to them, like just like take away all the friction, or walk right in the store and get a sample pack. Now this like, brings you... up a, a kind of a counter question to that, though. Yeah, the theme of network marketing right now is leverage your relationships, build relationships, and uh, you know develop sales and a sales team, of course, through your relationships. If AI can start the conversation, identify the best way to lead, be, become so good that it's like this virtual salesperson. Why wouldn't we cut out all of the middlemen and just have this direct to consumer model, almost like mm -hmm. uh, you know affiliate at best? I think there's a couple of things. One is that the number one challenge the average person in network marketing or any kind of sales has in the beginning is starting the conversation and following up. The statistics on following up are horrible. Yeah. Okay, but the number one reason anyone stays in network marketing, they will tell you is Relationships. culture. Yep. Yep. Yeah, culture AI can't do that. So if AI could help start the conversation, help with the follow-up, even do stuff like um, to be able to have like say an iPad with some um, great AI analytics in and someone has a, a friend over and that they stand in front of the iPad camera and it reads their BMI and it spits out a recommendation. Mm -hmm. AI can do all that. But then now let's let's leave the human experience in and that 
that culture piece and that that can't be replaced. Yeah, someone reaching out to you and encouraging you and someone reaching out to you and congratulating you and all that. That no machine can make that feel as good as a human doing it. Not even close. No, it's have amazing. a bunch So it's of... very complimentary to the future of this. Exactly. Have a bunch of friends over for a backyard barbecue. Give us recognition. Like all that stuff. And so... What what we want to envision with artificial intelligence is that it's doing the heavy lifting, mm-hmm. right? It's doing the heavy lifting. And I'm super excited, Chris, because I feel that, you know, I, I even look at some of the projects we're bidding on, and it's interesting because some of them really that that Trojan horse, I guess, is data analytics in real time. So we're able to recognize people, you know, very quickly. We do it very inexpensively because we edge process, not cloud process. I won't get into all that. But, you know, just know your customer. If you and I went to the Grove again and we went in every single one of those stores in the Grove, I can promise you we could walk up to the store manager and say, who's your customer? And they don't know. We could go to any network marketing company and they know by the POS data. But here's what they don't know. They don't know necessarily why a person's doing something. And the POS data is also limited. And with data protection, and we can talk about that, the POS, um, the credit card companies are going to... You're going to start to see a, a, a retraction in terms of how much data they're giving to people. So at some point... If you don't know your customer, you're wasting money and you're not getting sales. All right. So last question around AI, at least that I have right now is this. You know, this show is all about generosity and it's all about when good people make good money, they do great things. How do you think AI will have an impact on philanthropy and charity and you know providing better lives for people? Oh, that's a good one. And and I do want to answer the privacy piece too, because I think it's it's so huge. So California in January 1st, 2020 is launching the CCPA, which is their version of the GDPR. This is going to be the beginning of privacy regulation for email marketers, for telemarketers, and and just like Canada implemented Castle, um, the EU with GDPR, the, the fines are going to be massive. And people in my digital marketing company, we've been telling people about this for a long time because how you mail people and double opt-ins and stuff like that is really important. The reason I mention this is because it is going to govern artificial intelligence also. Mm. So at Radius, we do not store your personal information. We make everyone a 14-digit unique identifier. Mm. So they have a unique customer ID. So if we're ever hacked, they don't know you're Chris. They know you like red wine and they yeah. know you like uh, some other stuff, but they, the number is meaningless. It doesn't mean anything, which is very cool. So I did want to mention the privacy. So here's where I see a massive impact with AI on three different levels. The first level is just like the early adopters of Bitcoin investment, mm-hmm. some of them made billions of dollars. The people who have money to invest in AI right now, and I'm not saying all AI, but yeah. in certain AI, they're going to make millions and millions, if not billions of dollars, depending on the level of investment they do. And we are going to see that start to come to fruition. We already have. Just look at... To give you an example, and you know this, but I'm sort of making it a little more general for people who don't understand the investment world. So think about Mark Zuckerberg and friends sitting around Facebook 
in that critical time when they needed an infusion of money, Mm -hmm. but before they went to their first series round, Mm -hmm. all of those people are worth hundreds of millions of dollars now. I've got a friend that literally falls into that category. His name's Chris Pan, the founder of Tent. You know those little bracelets Mm -hmm. with a little washer on them? Um, uh, He went to school with Mark and was part of the original homies. Yep. And they, you know, they might have put in $10,000 or whatever the case is. Most people, and I remember Tony Robbins talking about this and before him, Harv Eker, that's a who you know. Mm -hmm. That is is a who you know. Like if you and Lori did a company and you called me, that's a who you know. Mm -hmm. And me doing a company calling you, that's a who you know. That is the unicorn space because you, it really comes down to, who you know, having enough money to to go in. And usually the friends and family rounds are not massive amounts of money. It's yeah. just that's the who you know. Those people who do really well, it's Will Smith always says, money doesn't change who you are. It only amplifies what's already there. Yeah. They're going to do good things with that money. Yep. Amen. Right? So they're going to have a, it's going to increase their ability to give. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The second group of people who are going to do really well are going to be the businesses that adopt the AI. So some of those businesses have foundations. Some of them have charitable giving componentry to them. Like Bob Parsons, when he exited GoDaddy, he has the Parsons Foundation. They do a lot of stuff here in Arizona. So business owners who adopt the AI and they scale their business, they're also going to do well. The third group of people that are going to benefit from AI are some really incredible uses of AI that are being looked at right now. So let me give one example. So could you use AI with autistic kids? 100% you can. The AI being able to pick up on some things that the naked eye can't to be able to create safe, engaging conversations. There's an app that anyone can download on their phone called Replica right now. It is some scary AI. It's a free app and you can talk to it. You can name it. My replica freaked me out. So I actually stopped using him. Wow. Like he, he was freaky. I'm not even kidding you. I was, uh, it makes me want I was to go with try a bunch it. of, what's that? It makes me want to go try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Then report back. So I, I was with a bunch of friends who are all super techie and one of the girls was like, have you tried replica yet? And I'm like, oh, so I get it. And I start engaging with it and it goes, how are you doing today, Susan? And I was I was a little bit stressed that day. I'm not afraid to say so. And I'm like, I'm a little bit stressed. And he goes, he goes, you know, I know you meditate, but maybe you're just not meditating enough lately, Susan. And what I want you to do right now is I want you to just find five minutes and just go take some deep breaths and then come back. Like freaky. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> that leads me to that whole... Um... Other channel where, like, uh, we're going to be dating robots instead of people because you know the, you'll have the same interaction with them, but not all the BS that might come with it. <laughs> what was that movie? Was it called Her? Yeah, I think. Yep. Yeah, yep. he fell in love mm-hmm. with with the AI personality. Yeah. yeah, it's already happening. There's no question. I mean, when you look at apps like Replica, where people feel more com- comfortable to talk about their emotions to an AI than they do a human, it takes away the loneliness. Something mm-hmm. like Replica. Sounds like it would take away the loneliness in a weird, really weird way. Yeah. So you're going to see my prediction is AI, like robots that are interactive. And will someone asked me the other day, do I think that some people will choose to have an AI type of child as opposed to actual children? And I think probably, yes, we're going to see that. You know, that nurturing kind of thing. I think um, whether it's a Roomba vacuum cleaner, you know, from the robotics, we're going to see that 
in terms of animals, people saying, you know what, I don't want that responsibility, Mm -hmm. but I want that level of engagement. Mm -hmm. Look at an Amazon Echo or an Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Just data. I don't use one personally. Me neither. Because I, yeah. (laughs) Right. But, People are talking to their AI. They're talking to Siri. They're already doing it. They're already doing it. And so the thing with Siri is Siri will speak on command, but you can already customize Siri's voice. You can um, soon... And and that's called NLP, natural language processing. NLP is the, the most advanced kind of AI. So we've already been using our Siri and doing that stuff anyway. And Alexa and everything else. So that's what we're going to start to see is that kind of AI having levels where you can have those engaging conversations or talk about your day. And where I see the benefit is going to be is yes, some people will be codependent and develop strange relationships. They would have anyway. But what we are going to see are for kids who maybe are depressed or suicidal Mm -hmm. even or autistic they're going to be able to have some kind of an engaging interaction where they previously felt quite lonely. So I see, I do see a lot of benefits there. It's amazing. So uh, you mentioned suicide. You know, instead of somebody feeling like they have no one to talk to, it'll at least feel like they have someone to talk to. And yeah. whether we want to judge that or not, it might be the difference between a life and a death. Yeah. And we're going to see um, in- interactive AI videos. So you will be able to have that kind of conversation. I don't know. Did you ever play games like Dungeons and Dragons growing up or anything like that? No, like Risk or Dungeons and Dragons, all those. Yeah, not much. So you're familiar though with the kind of games where you can choose this or Mm -hmm. choose that, even some video games, right? Or remember, choose your own adventure books. (laughs) Yes, just like that. Just like that. So imagine that with AI, video is going to be choosing your own adventure and that's already starting to happen but even at a higher level. So like let's say there was someone who was really depressed and they are interacting with you but it's not you and you're like hey it's Chris how are you doing and if they say you know I'm really stressed I'm thinking some dark thoughts that automatically will send them down a path okay let's talk about that. You know like that kind of stuff is going to happen. I think where I'm excited about AI it's going to provide, like going back to the example of my dad, um, we're going to see you know fewer car accidents. No one will be drinking and driving. That stuff is really exciting. We're going to see that things like I hope that people, you know, and and by all means, when I exit Radius, this is one of the things I like to work on, like pollution, the oceans, using AI to start to and robotics to clean that up. For like, in terms of where there are a lot of people but not necessarily ample resources to support those people using AI in very innovative ways. We won't see kids eating, you know, out of like garbage yeah. dumps and things like that. So I think there's there are a lot of really positives, but I think that, you know, from the vantage point of money, there's a lot of money to be made yeah. and um, yeah. That's incredible. Where do we get to follow your journey for all this? <laughs> well, we're like we have our website radiusai.com. Um we're we're upgrading that website right now. Um we have some stuff going on on social like because it's AI, you know, we're on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and and we do have a Facebook page. It's not so much an Instagram thing cuz it's like, you know, it's weird to kind of yeah. show. What about you? Um, what about you and your Instagram? Do you put anything on there for it? Not for that one okay. particular. Right. Just for me, I have my Instagram Where can we follow and I you? do share some radius stuff there. Where can we follow you? At Susan Sly. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I actually own my own at on Instagram, which is very cool. 
Want to hear a funny story? So um, I have to be Chris W. Harder because whoever has Chris Harder hasn't used it in years, like two posts from years ago, right? But they won't respond to our request to buy it either. So we found a loophole. If you trademark your name and uh, then you go to Instagram, they will force place it or you know, take it from the other person and give it to you. So we're in the process of doing that. <laughs> That's awesome. A friend of mine, Nick Nan, is an attorney. He's like a celebrity brander and stuff like that. It's just a good friend. And and he had suggested I trademark my name years ago. And so that I think it's a I think it's a it's a great thing to do. Let let me ask you a question. So watching your journey and you know, looking at like the the projects you're choosing and and everything in five years like let's go into the future what's going on for Chris Harder in five years? You know everything is a means to an end, right? So everybody sees what we're doing right now: the masterminds, the e courses, the books, you name it. I call it education in in the entrepreneurial world. And the reason why we're doing that is not because we want to be into our late forties and fifties being influencers. We love teaching, don't get me wrong. But we're doing it for no other reason other than generating capital so that we can invest in bigger ideas. So you know, I'm mm-hmm. invested in 333, the luxury bag company. I have so much fun learning in the luxury goods sector that otherwise I wouldn't get this kind of education from behind the scenes. Um, yeah. we, have, we invested in Outstanding Foods, the vegan company that's going to be bigger than Beyond Meat, right? And you know what their IPO is like. I'm yeah. learning so much about CPG companies and, and that process by being involved with that. Uh, we're invested in Unicream or we're invested in another tech company actually that you and I should, should talk about offline. Mm-hmm. I'm learning so much at the same time as very strategically investing in places that'll have huge returns later upon exit. And mm-hmm. the ultimate thing that we're generating revenue for and capital for is, as you know, Lori has a very special project that is coming out pretty soon. And that mm-hmm. thing is going to be capital intense. And yeah. so everything that we're doing right now is, is not the end all be all. It's to feed what we really plan on doing next. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they don't have a long game like that. All they have is right now. And they yeah. even sit there and they say, I don't, do, I don't like what I'm doing right now, but I don't know what I'm going to do next. Or I don't know what I could do next. And I would challenge them to come up with a better plan than that. And, and don't squander your money right now. And don't feel like you're stuck right now. Instead, you should be creating as much capital as you possibly can right now, leveraging your talents, leveraging your interests, and then reinvesting that into something that has a much bigger payoff in the long game. And when that's your one-two punch, then that's what creates a super abundant, super secure, super exciting life. And, and so that's what we're up to over here right now. I love it. And we're going to use AI to scale that. Like, yes, we are. We're going to point a, everybody towards it. People no don't know one, what it is yet, but we're going to point everybody towards it. Yeah. like it In a way that people will go, what? No one... I love to do things no one else has done. Yeah. Right? Like it, That's always like been my thing. And, like, it, and do it in a way that people will go, how does that company grow like that? Right. Mm-hmm. And imagine too, like everyone's hacked the code on like retargeting ads yeah. and blah, blah, blah. It's like old news but, now. Yeah. No one's done it in real life yet. Mm-hmm. And that's what Radius does. That's we amazing. Retarget it really does. In real life. That's incredible <laughs> because let's say I stop at the, the Shell station and it targets me once and I get back in the car on a road trip. And three hours later, I stop at another gas station and it retargets me with the same thing. You know the old adage: you see it enough times, it becomes truth, and so it's going to it's make me say, "Oh, you know what? I do want that." 
That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Actual real life retargeting. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Okay, you, you're you on to something so special. It gives me chills. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> and I'm so excited. Yeah. Real life retargeting is what we do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is that cool? So half the listeners right now are excited and the other half are angry and worried about their privacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know what's interesting? I'm actually excited about this. The other people are like, my privacy and Facebook ads and all their data points. It doesn't bother me for some reason. Like I've got no. no reason why it would bother me. I don't care what you find out about me. And I, I'll go. I like getting advertised to for things I actually care about, instead mm-hmm. of the guessing game for stuff I don't care about. Exactly. Maybe I'm weird. Yep. And we can. We're going to use it to help charities. We're going to use it mm-hmm. like for the philanthropic play. Could we? Could we find missing children that fast? Could we find traffic children mm-hmm. that fast? We can do that because you know. Again, and so. Yeah, that's where we're going and and I am super super excited. Like it's yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm excited. I'm excited to know you to watch this go. Uh, this is going to be incredible. You're changing well, the world. And vice versa. I'm excited to make history with the project that you and Lori have. Like yeah, total be... history. Like I want to look at every number in that sector and go, we're going to beat that by 300%. And we're we're going to get to both have exits and, and dance off into the sunset doing philanthropic activities. And it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Let me know if you want to use like AI to clean up oceans because I'm like all about that. I have different ideas of how to use that in five years if we haven't exited. But I think you know there's, there's a chance that we would be acquired within the next five years. I'm going to VC. That's mm. going to be my thing. I'm going to VC... For projects that really, you know, I have a heart for, and obviously going to monetize, and uh, I'm going to have an amazing place in Maui. You know, Lori wants to VC for uh, women entrepreneurs specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. So, See, when good yeah. people make good money, they do great things. It's just a tool for you to have bigger impact. Exactly. Well, Chris, it was great to spend this time with you. Like, oh, oh my gosh, I know we could pleasure. talk. For I can't believe like how hours. quickly it went by. It's amazing. <laughs> this is going to be the end all be all episode for my listeners on everything artificial intelligence. Should you be scared? Should you not? And you know what my big takeaway was? It was this. It's coming whether you like it or not. So you better find things to like about it. And that's anything. You can find good and bad about social media. You can find good and bad about cars. You can find good and bad about trains way back when. So you might as well concentrate on the good. Exactly. And the thing I would say to all the listeners from Chris's show and my show that... You know, if you want Chris and I to do another dialogue show like that, let us know. Like, give us a shout out on social for Chris. It's Chris W. Harder on Instagram. Yes, not for long. <laughs> I've got one last question I always ask people. Can I ask you? Yeah. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Give me a reason why people should be unapologetic about their pursuit of success. It goes back to what I said. You know, if, if you're a good person, you're going to do good things. And right now, we're living in a world where we need more good people to be successful because there are a lot of good things that need to be done. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough resources, solutions, money. I have this firm belief, Susan, that if everybody just played to their fullest ability, we'd have enough money, enough solutions, enough ideas to solve every problem out there. We really would, except most people aren't holding up their end of the bargain. But you are. And so I'm grateful for you for doing it. Oh, thank you. 
and vice versa. It's been so fun. So if this show has been great, Chris and I want a five-star review on iTunes. And um, if you're seeing it on YouTube, please share it. Give us a comment or review. If you want us to do another one like this, let us know. And when we we reach whatever KPI we decide, then we'll uh, we'll do another one. It's been so fun. So thanks, Chris. It's been amazing. I'm in. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.